New Media Comedy Worldwide Studios. New Media Comedy Worldwide presents Comedy Legacy Series with Jim Mendrinos. And now, your host, Jim Mendrinos. Hey everybody, Jim Mendrinos here uh, for the Comedy Legacy Series. We are getting set for Season 2. Season 1 was awesome. We want to thank everybody for your comments, for your letters, for writing in, for watching, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. We also want to let you know that all of Season 1 is already on AllMediaTV.com, or you can see Season 2 starting September 1st on AllMediaTV.com if, you know, you're a little anxious to get to the content that we're going to talk about today. Uh, This is our last, our last episode before season two airs, and we want to give you a brief little taste of what you're going to see coming up, because everyone here at New Media Comedy Worldwide is so proud of the list of guests that we have to, to round out the end of 2020. We may be in a pandemic, but we've got so many wonderful artists that are coming to share with you their experience, their talent, their processes, and most of all, what makes them tick as a comic. Um, and so many uniquely different voices. We're going to start season two, and, and the first person you're going to get to see as part of our new season, with one of the most beautifully imaginative character comics you're ever going to see. Everything about him is over the top. And I mean that in the most delightful way. When you go to experience this man in concert, it's a show. It's a full stage show. You've seen him on TV as an actor. You've heard him on the radio as uh, part of the Amos in the Morning crew for so many years. And if you've ever seen his shows or if you've ever uh, heard his Night Before Christmas, which if you are of a certain age is part of your culture, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Our first guest for the new season is Mr. Rob Bartlett. I just always thought that, you know, excess, you know, is, is the friend of, of of comedy. I mean, anything is worth doing is worth doing like way over the top and more than it is needed as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when I did stand up, I was never happy unless I could humble an audience into submission, you know, during my set. So I, I really hope you're going to enjoy Rob, but we've got so many great performers that are coming to you this season, um, and people with such unique stories. Uh, we've got a gentleman that has been a writer uh, for many TV shows, and while it is rare for a comic to perform on both The Tonight Show and and Letterman, uh, it was even rarer to have somebody who wrote for both The Tonight Show and Letterman. And our next act did just that and so much more. Uh, Mr. Gabe Abelson dropped by. And he had so much to tell us about the art of writing for other people. Whereas monologue writing is through perspiration only. Because half the joke is written for us. The setup's written already. So it's now just finding, we don't have to think of premises. We just have to think of the punchline. Of course, that's the difficult part. But you can sit down for a couple hours, or I can sit down for a couple hours, and write 20 monologue jokes. I don't think I write 20 stand-up jokes a year. You know, but but I had to do it every day. Um, so in terms of writing for someone else's voice, for me, Dave was was the easiest person to ever write for. Not the easiest, but his voice was so specific. And I still hear jokes in his voice to this day, even if I'm trying to write for somebody else. 
I love this next performer, not just as a comic, but also one of the best people I know. Um, she's been somebody that I've worked in the trenches with in comedy for so many years in New York. And she's just an incredible comedic voice. Um, she's done everything from Letterman to Last Comic Standing. And she's she not only is going to share with you guys with her hour conversation with us, but she also shares with people on a regular basis as a teacher of stand-up comedy in New York. Corey Kahaney dropped by and she shared so much with us. It was, and also I, I love the craft of the joke. I love the whole, um, the whole uh, gestalt of, of, of comedy. I love the history of comedy. Um, I'm into it all. I, I'm a nerd. I'm a comedy nerd. And I, I think if, if my, my focal point is, is, is the, um, the technical aspect of joke writing, uh, then I'm always going to be in the conversation. Okay, so we swap a lot of great old stories um, on the Comedy Legacy uh, series, and I get to swap so many with this next gentleman because our journeys started out together. He started a little before I did up in Boston, then he came to New York, and we both found a home at a club called the Paper Moon. And back then, the Paper Moon had people barking, um, which is the series of handing out tickets to people as they pass by, encouraging them to come to the show. Um, and four of their barkers were myself, Chris Rock, Colin Quinn, and this next gentleman who has done everything you want to do in, in the field of stand-up comedy, Mr. Eddie Brill. What do you know now, all these years later in the business, that you wish you would have walked into the business knowing? Most of the things we talked about, you know, about patience, well, you know, making vulnerability your strength, getting rid of all the bullshit that's not you, um, not taking, there's a great book called The Four Agreements, I don't know if you've ever read it, yep. and it's so great, and one of the agreements is not to take things personally, it's, you know, because uh, it's other people projecting their fears onto you, and I wish I would have known that back in the day, um, uh, because that really was huge, and not to make assumptions, and I've I've learned a lot about life. And I also realized, look, I said my age, I'm 61, but I have so many things coming up. I have so many irons in the fire right now. I'm not, I'm not slowing down. I'm, you know, once we get back on stage, I'm back on stage. It's so much fun for me because I get to shine the light on artists that are overlooked and not overlooked by the audience because the audience loves this next gentleman, but he doesn't get the respect that he deserves as one of the best artists around. He's been in the trenches, you know, since I started. He's worked all of these horrible little rooms to get where he is today. He loves his fans. And he figured out very early that he had a gift for making funny videos. Um, you probably know him as, you know, gotta get bread and milk, but dear God, his, his Who Wants Coffee bit that he does is one of the funniest videos I have ever seen. We talked about his stand-up. We talked about his, his process of making videos. We, we talked about his longevity in the industry. And we talked about him being a little bit overlooked by the industry when he clearly should never have been overlooked. You're going to have fun with this one and you're going to learn so much, Mr. Vicky DiBetetto. Bread and milk, however, that, that one, I, my wife didn't want to cook that night. I open it, I, I'll go get pizza. I open the door. I saw a snowflake, and it just hit me. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. All the idiots now, they're going to think it's the apocalypse. I whip out my phone, 
26 seconds, that thing was. 26 seconds from my house to the car got me more recognition in 30 years of stand-up. And another thing about the videos, people don't realize, I'm holding the camera. Yeah. They don't, they, they think there's a fucking camera guy. I'm doing it all. I'm writing, producing, direct, I'm Corey. I'm, you don't see my arm. That's pretty hard to do when, you, when you're going crazy and, you know, it's, and, and when they don't notice that, that's how good it is because they think I got a fucking camera guy following me. So I love it when an artist is a great artist and also a human being that I can point my kid to and go, that person, that's a good person. That's somebody who's, who's got value. I have never heard another human being say a bad word about this next person. He's one of the comics that makes me laugh hard every time. He's still one of the few comics I would pay to buy a ticket to watch. Uh, he's a warm-up act extraordinaire. Uh, he, he owns the Long Island comedy scene. One of the funniest human beings there is, Joey Cola. It's not about looking cool and being cool. It's about using all your, all your facilities and being a little bit silly and vulnerable. If you don't care about what you look like on stage, like my, my icebreaker is, whether it's doing warm-up or stand-up is, oh my God, look how fat I got. Not look how fat I am, look how fat I got. Like in other words, look at the, I did things to make this happen. Now, once I say that one sentence, it's vulnerable, it breaks down all walls because nobody is happy with the way they look. Most people are overweight. Most people have a food addiction and it puts us all on the same plane right there. Okay, so this next uh, artist that I'm gonna show you a clip of, actually, man, ego bruising for me. Cause uh, around these parts, around the New York way, I'm kind of known as the guy that knows his stuff about comedy. And it's very rare that I, I get to talk to somebody who can school me. School me like I am the village idiot. And Rich Scheidner can do just that. He knows it back and forth. He's written about it. He, he's probably one of the foremost experts on the art of comedy and stand-up comedy in particular. And he was so gracious to spend so much time with me. And we talked about so many things. And, and, and for me, not just as, as an interviewer, but as someone who wanted an education. You're going to learn so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rich Scheidner. But most styles are locked into a, uh, a, an era. They're, 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 they're the comic language, the, the way they perform. It's, it's an era that you come up in and you sort of lock into that. And I think you get your shot. It's almost like an athlete. You have a certain amount of time to get to the major leagues. If you don't buy a certain amount of time, you sort of fall aside. There are very few late bloomers. I can think of one in each generation recently. I can think of, of course, Rodney Dangerfield, Lewis Black, and my generation was a late bloomer who became very, very big. It took those guys time for what they were doing to fit the times and for them to fit that character they were doing. So, Part of the process, and I remember having someone say this to me um, many, many years ago, is watching the newer comics overtake the older comics and uh i had already been a little bit of a big deal in the new york city comedy area when this next young lady started her career and she is so hard working 
and she is so dedicated to her craft and she is so dedicated to writing and performing and she learns she asked the questions she did what she needed to do in order to get where she got and it paid off because she's got three specials she's got tours that that are in arenas she is a powerhouse in the comedy industry uh, and a brand spanking new mommy gina brion doing hosting work what that taught me was being quick on your toes with a comeback um, mainly because you're up and down all night with the audience. They see you all the time. They become friendly with you. People start to talk to you while you're on stage. You had to learn on the fly when you're hosting. Also, when you're hosting, the show isn't about you. And you can make the show about you if you realize the show isn't about you because you're just up there doing your job, guiding the show along. You become their favorite person now because you're guiding the show along. And there's no ego in that. You're just like, I'm here to make sure that I set this show up for success. So with all my hosting experience, I knew that if something were to happen on the fly, I could handle it. I grew up a comedy fan. And I liked a lot of really offbeat comedy that not a lot of people tuned into. Fernwood Tonight, things of that nature. And I learned about Our Next Performer early um, while I was still at my formative years. While I was in my early teens, I would stay up and watch Don Kirshner's rock concert or Midnight Special. And he was frequently one of the comics on there. Uh, the Tonight Show, all of the late night shows, he did at one point or another. He has an amazing style that combines characters and voices. And he even helmed his own, his own sitcom. He's an amazing talent and a true comedy historian, Mr. Bill Kirkenbauer. So little nine-year-old me was like, Dad, I want to do that. Now that's yeah. that's the personalization of comedy. Yeah. Becoming, you know, here's here's what I here's me and my life and how people, you know, my sitcom. Uh, when I played this guy with uh, all these kids, I had people go, Ah, oh, my family, we had kids just like that. Your fam, your sitcom family was just like, but all oh, that was amazing. So everybody identifies. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, like I think I told you the other night. I. My nostalgia was, you know, Leave It to Beaver and yeah. Mayberry and, uh, uh, you know, Dennis the Menace and all the 50s and six, My Favorite Martian and stuff. That was my, that was my nostalgia. And yeah. I have a hard time sometimes, understand, or, or I get surprised at trying to realize that I and my, my show and a lot of stuff I've done is other people's nostalgia. <laughs> Great art should challenge the way you think. Great artists should inspire you to think differently. And this next gentleman has inspired me to think differently at many points in my life. Um, in fact, you could say he somewhat inspired this television series, County Legacy series. I'll briefly tell you the story before I introduce him. Um, many, many years ago, there was a comedian named Greg Giraldo who passed away. And the next act that I'm going to show you a clip of um, wrote an obituary where he thanked Greg Giraldo for the inspiration and he referred to Greg Giraldo as a maestro. And it led me to think of the loss of a comedian beyond the loss of my friends, because these are my friends. It led me to think about it as a loss to the community and a loss to the generation that will never learn from that person's artistry, which someone inspired me to put this together. I had the chance to thank uh, 
Ted on camera for that. And he's so generous and shared so much with us, Mr. Ted Alexandro. The thing that I think sometimes gets neglected that is an important component, maybe the most important component, is how are you living your life? You know, uh, what are you, uh, how are you taking care of yourself mentally, physically? Uh, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are your art? What is your artistic diet? Um, you know, are you allowing yourself to be inspired by life, by other artists, by other disciplines? Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, like when you arrive on stage, um, you're bringing all of that with you. You know, you're not just arriving like and flipping a switch and, and you become a comedian. There are some artists that are not just funny artists, but are doing something that's important. And our next act is doing something that is wonderfully important. I know Julia Scotti almost my entire adult life. Um, my first, one of my very first paid gigs uh, was at the Trafalgar, 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 however you pronounce the theater, uh, in Rochester, New York, with Julia many, many years ago. And Julia is not only an incredibly funny comedian, but she is also a, a champion of LGBT rights and causes. And she sat down and we had a great discussion about her process, about what she's gone through uh, in her journey. And it is one of the most unique and personal journeys that I've ever had the chance to speak with somebody in comedy about. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Julia Scotty. I think comedy, again, goes back to that reporting thing. And I think um, we're, we're the voice of a lot of people who have no voice. And, and we're also a unifier, a unifying force too, because people will watch us and they go, yeah, that, I, that's me too. I do the same thing. And so they see in us uh, a little of themselves too. So um, I think that's why it keeps coming back, you know. Uh, we are we are our audience, yeah. you know, and and that's the, that's the simple answer, I think. So it's great to talk to the, all these artists, but it's also important that we cover the business side a little bit. And the guest that I chose to start talking business with is a great choice because started out as a comedian, became a club owner, still does comedy, uh, and on top of it, now is an author. So much to share. You may not always agree with what he does or how he does it, but he is unapologetic in his journey, Mr. Al Martin. You walk into a room and you see people sometimes that are newer and you, you, they're getting laughs, but you don't think they're that unbelievable. And you say to yourself, wait a second, I should be on that stage. You know, I could still do it. But Having gone on stage the last few years, I've gained a whole new respect for comedians. I mean, I think this job is so much tougher now than when I was doing it uh, because of a couple of different things. One, the, the curse of political correctness has gotten horrible. And I just don't understand, you know, what the heck is coming on. You know, my attitude is this. My comedy club isn't going to be a safe space for people. It's going to be a safe space for comedians. I really adore this next gentleman. Um, I, I've worked with him for so many times over so many years. 
uh, he's been an inspiration to me. When I got my appearance on Tough Crowd, he actually pulled me aside and gave me advice because he was one of the regulars on the show. He's always been kind, and whenever we do gigs together, we always wind up listening to the best music up and back. Mr. Jim David. I mean, I, I, I winged it for my first couple of years of comedy, and I made the audience think that I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could fake it. Okay. You know, talent is nothing but, I mean, talent is nothing but executing skills with confidence. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it, is, it is just, I mean, like an, an, an untalented performer who has not a lot to say can still fake it and make you think that they know what they're doing. So friendship. Um, friendship in stand-up is not fleeting. We, we are in the trenches together. We become um, more than friends. We become family. I wrote so much with this next gentleman over a series of six years. We, we worked together on many projects. We had so much fun on all of these projects. Uh, we wrote screenplays together. We worked in a sketch comedy series together. We acted together. We did gigs together. And he moved to Florida. And all these years later, when I was starting up this series, I called him up and I said, I want to talk to you on camera. I want to talk to you about your process. And he is so humble. He's there like, I don't think there's a lot to say. But there's always a lot to say. Um, He's been a natural performer. And he has been a dynamic performer for so many years. Mr. Al Romero. I perform anywhere. I, you give me a stage, I went on. And I tell young comedians, the only one way to get good is stage time, stage time, stage time. You know? Yeah. And that's what I did. I got on, I, I did every, every balazzo gig, every, every shitty gig that I could get my, my, my ass on stage. And I did it, you know? Thank you guys so much for, for watching today. Um, and please ignore the fake fruit to my right. Um, might be your left, but it's definitely my right. Uh, we had such a fun time talking to all these great artists. We hope that you're going to enjoy them as we air them each week. Every Monday night, they air on YouTube.com slash New Media Comedy TV. Or if you prefer audio-only podcasts, you can get it wherever you get your podcast. It's a Comedy Legacy podcast. Or if you want to watch the whole season at once and you don't want to wait until it airs on on YouTube, well, then you can watch the whole season by subscribing to allmediatv.com uh, or zerb.tv slash allmediatv. And you can get so many great episodes uh, of the Comedy Legacy series, both seasons. Plus, you can also get so much other great content. But however you're watching the show, keep watching the show. We want to thank you for being part of our audience. We want to invite you to drop us a line at ComedyLegacy at NMCWorldwide.com. On behalf of myself, Jim Andrinos, everybody here at New Media Comedy Worldwide, all the folks that have sat with us for interviews on the Comedy Legacy podcast, we hope to see you again. We hope to keep you entertained. And until next time, stay funny. This has been a new Media Comedy Worldwide production.